As we continue this uh, series on uh, faith uh, and this beginning of this new year, I want to talk about the seeds of greatness that live within you uh, because there is a seed in you today as a believer. Uh, and that seed, of course, is Jesus Christ. Uh, as we endeavor to rejuvenate our faith, when we begin to uh, uh, analyze the fact that uh, Jesus himself said, greater things than these shall you do than what he had done. And so it gives us an indication of, of the parameters and the, the possibilities that as people and children of faith, you know, uh, we haven't yet reached that maximum. Amen? Uh, so uh, I do have some scriptures, and I'd like to give those first, and out of those we'll draw our context and, and our subject matter and uh, uh, lay the basis for uh, why we can have faith and why we need to have faith. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free, made me free from the law of sin and death. We'll go back to that one when I start my message. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. In that passage of Scripture, we notice that some of this greatness and this realm that we are called into is not waiting till heaven. It's in the presence of the sons of men. The Bible is filled with characters. Heroes of faith that have overcome deficits. Abraham, he was old. Moses had a stuttering problem. Naomi was a widow. Rahab was a prostitute. Zacchaeus, he was too short. Peter was a denier. And then, of course, Gideon felt inadequate. All those playing a part in the emotional elements of us as individuals. But the good news is that when God designed you, he designed you for accomplishments. He engineered you for success because you've been made in the image of God and in his likeness. He's endowed you with seeds of potential. We're not just nobodies. And so I want to 
press in your spirit this morning that you would not let another year go by leaving you distracted and frustrated and constantly stressed, completely overwhelmed, feeling like you can hardly keep your head above the waters. It says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death or the law of divine life. There's the law of God. The scripture talks about there's the law that's in our members. There's the law that's in our mind. There is the law of the spirit. What is a law? He does not just say here that the spirit of life, but he says the law of the spirit of life. A law is a fixed principle. It is an element that governs. And it means that certain conditions, you know, will produce certain results. That's what a law does. You're familiar with various laws, though we may not be well educated in them, but we know regularly the law of gravity. The only way to overcome the law of gravity, of course, is to overpower the law of gravity, such as, you know, a force, law of gravity, law of aeronautics, you know, causes the planes, etc., to overcome. And it can only be overcome by a higher Law. And so he says that the law of the Spirit, there's laws of the Spirit in which we enter the arena of faith, in which we succeed. Jesus talked about the faith as being a prerequisite, and faith can move mountains. A fixed principle has made you free from the law of sin and death. And last month in our communion, we learned about that we have not been paroled. We've been pardoned. It's a difference. And that's what the law of the spirit of life does and has done. There is therefore now no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, the law of the Spirit. We all come with deficits. But we also come with potential. Let us look at what walking by faith is. It's a divine perspective. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. There is a dynamic or a distance between how you think and how God thinks. 
But you have the mind of Christ. It's the potential in us is to be able to raise our thinking. Not just into the realm of the intellect of humanity, but into the perspective of God. And it all boils down to getting divine perspective is where you're getting your information from. What is the source? What are you listening to? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Psalm 31 and 19 says, how great is your goodness. To build faith and have faith, you have to understand that God is good. God is good. His greatness is seen in the the very world and elements that we, we live in. To think that he counts the stars. It's a pretty good mathematician, isn't it? And then he goes ahead and he calls them all by name. And he puts that in the scripture there just to begin to lay the foundation, the groundwork of which our natural eye can begin to perceive so that, you know, we can have a stimulation of the greatness of, of our God. In Philippians 1 and 6, it says that God has begun something in you and he's not finished yet, but neither has he taken his hands off. He said he's just going to keep working and working and working. Now, I personally like good days, but it's guaranteed I'll have some bad ones. But bad days doesn't stop God. Not at all. It says in in Hebrews 12, 2, you know what I mean? That he's the author and he's the finisher. You know, God doesn't start a project and then leave it. His intent is when he touches your life, when he comes into your life, he takes up residence and that's for permanence. Thank the Lord for that. So faith is a divine perspective and faith is also being obedient when you don't feel like it. It's having a confidence that, you know, just the robe of flesh that we wear is not going to dictate our perspective. Faith can reach levels of where we step out before there are any steps. Faith can actually make you walk on water, but hopefully you have an invitation to walk on that water. It's trusting God to guide you And the best place to start, the first place to start is simply ask God. Ask God. The beauty of faith is also that it holds steady in contradictions. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you, need have, you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. My father-in-law, bless his heart, has gone to be with the Lord, but always in his humor, he said, would say, you know what I mean, that, that uh, whenever his ship arrived, he'd probably be at the airport. Yeah, <laughs> but don't cast away confidence. Confidence, you know what I mean, can be relinquished. In a, in a sense, the word is a commodity. It's something, something that you hold. It's faith is vision before provision. Faith is understanding that, that you know, God's birth vision in you is heaven's priority. It's a priority in heaven. God has given you a dream and given you gifts and talents and has placed you in the fields that you are. His eyes on the sparrow. If he's so conscious of that, that He's your conscious of the vision that he's given you. So it's a priority of heaven. And so you can have confidence. You can have faith in that. Faith has its roots in something mighty and powerful. And that is the cross. Cross and the resurrection. But faith also needs to have action. Moses had to build an ark for the coming flood. Each life, you may never have to build an ark like Moses did, but there will be something in your life that, you know, the Holy Spirit will, you know, touch you it's a seed. You have to give a seed because it's the word is seed. Faith is seed. The widow had to bake a meal before her provision. Naaman had to dip in Jordan in order to be healed. The servants had to fill the water pots before the water was turned to wine. It's It's giving God an opportunity. One must believe to be saved. Faith is for something, not just anything. I hope that that begins to ring a bell. Faith reaches past the earthly. This earth zone and it reaches into the eternities of, of promise. And then sometimes faith, you know, bypasses the earthly deliverance 
for the more permanent glories that Hebrews chapter 11 talks about. That is the dynamic of faith. He's the author of it. This is the dimensional elements that faith has the potential. The seed of greatness that God has placed in us. Somewhere along the line, it's in that development. There are four characteristics of faith from chapter 11 that I want to share with you. You know, just simply, of course, number one, it's vision. Whenever you see faith in Hebrews 11, you're going to see vision. Vision. The ability to see the promise, even though they're afar off. It's the ability to recognize that this is not the final step. Hebrews 13, 11, 13 says, having them having seen them afar off, were assured of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. See, with faith you have power for today because you have vision for tomorrow. You don't want to get so far ahead of yourself that you don't live today. But you do want to have an expectation for tomorrow. For faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope is never in the present. It's always into the future. But they had... They had vision. They had confidence. Which produced prioritized living in them. They were not just walking through life to make a living. They were leaving a legacy. Yes, amen. This... Assurance that they had was all founded in promises. Promises that God gave and said that the promises of Abraham would come to, to, you know, uh, and through his seed. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith in Jesus Christ. So then I love to go back and I love to read what God says about how life can be for Abraham's seed. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You'll go out and you'll come in and everything is good. You'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed in the field, and you, you know, you'll be blessed in the town. You'll be blessed in your body. It will just abound with blessing because there is a seed of greatness, a seed of blessing 
that is in you all because of Jesus Christ. He hasn't come just to get you through life. He's come to give you abundant life. There was a hunger in those people of faith as they embraced the promise. A faith that caused them to claim ownership of what only their descendants could enjoy. Laying the groundwork for next generations. Passing on a faith that can be, you know, generation old, but yet never really old. Next generations. They had a resolve. And it was their dreams and not their memories that motivated them. It's your dreams and not your memories. Memories all have a place. They hopefully build faith, but you got to have a dream. Who for the joy that was set before him Give him the power and the strength to deal with the routine, the daily, the obstacles, the challenges of life. Let me give you some faith-building scriptures just for a moment. Know that you're supported by the love of God. According to Romans chapter 8, That life can't throw at you anything that can sever God's love for you. Death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come. I mean, you know, the things that are now or what might cut them out. Nor depth, nor height can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You're supported by God's love. Confident. Those are some pretty extensive oppositions. Number two, God doesn't quit. We averted to that or a little bit at the beginning, but Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. So God does not quit. But also, he promises that his power will help us. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's been a tremendous deposit. A deposit of power that is able to do more than 
what you're dreaming, what you're, you're thinking. God's for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. And according to 2 Peter, abundant life is possible. It says that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's not just your godliness that has, he has made available, but he's made available those things that pertain and that are necessary for life. All in Jesus Christ. Yes. Within you are some seeds of greatness. There's a true story. Story and with regard to a university, one of the professors had been over to Egypt, and in that visitation there, he was given some seeds, seeds that had been taken from an Egyptian mummy. 3,000 years old, the seeds were. So they wondered, what would these seeds do? Would they really sprout? Was the original potential still there? The plan that God had locked up in there could it still be released. And they discovered that a proper nurturing and proper care that after 3,000 years, what God had locked in there came forth. That DNA that God put in that seed, this beautiful flower came forth. You and I have been are soils in which the incorruptible word of God has been planted and sown. For we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but the incorruptible, the word of God. Doesn't make any difference how long it's been laying there. The right environment and the right watering. Someone come along with the right word. the seed all of its power and its potential that's locked up in it begins to come forth and the new life the new power the new hope that that god faith begins to germinate and yes First the blade and then the stalk, but finally the full ear of the corn. 
There's stages. But he that has begun a good work, he says he's going to finish it. You know, the water of the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital for the seeds of God's Word. Water of the Holy Spirit. People are warmed by the love of God and the love of God that comes demonstrated not only through the cross of Jesus Christ as they hear about the wonderful story, but how love is, you know, finds a touch in people's lives through you and me. Now, by the faith, hope, and charity, with the greatest of these is it's love. And last week about Anything and everything without love just doesn't cut it. Well, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the, the Holy Ghost. We've just, God's just went ahead and covered all the bases. But one of the things that helps this word and this seed to germinate is prayer. Prayer is that confession that becomes a conviction. Men are always to pray and not to faint. Boy, sometimes you really got to press in. Prayer is that supernatural communication. It's the vehicle of faith. It's, it's an act of faith. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Prayer is that element that mobilizes the assistance of God. Yes, we have been endued with power. Yes, there is a deposit of God's Spirit. And yes, there is that dynamic of the power of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, he indicates that there's levels of it in our life. Be filled with the Spirit. He kind of references that we need to check the level of the container once in a while. Through prayer as humans, we intercede, then God intervenes. Through prayer, when weak ones cry out, the mighty one responds. The sick appeal through prayer and the healer stretches out his hand and he heals. 
If any sick, let them call the elders of the church and learn of oil and the prayer of faith. That connecting factor. The poor humble themselves in his sight and the provider lifts them up. Faith and and prayer. That connection. They took those seeds, 3,000 years of dormancy. In the tummy of the mommy, it was not the right environment. But once they put it in the soil, because God said in Genesis that everything that he made and created, he went ahead and put a future in it. Hallelujah, church. See, when, when a seed brings forth the next plant, etc., that's future. That's future. Many don't realize that they carry seeds of greatness because they've had so many negative things happen to them. God's plans and God's purposes for their lives have become buried. Just lies there dormant. I think that the passage of Scripture that Scott used this morning when Jesus is sitting there, you know what I mean, with this woman. They were ready to kill the seed, the future, the potential. Jesus went ahead and spoke just the right word that released the seed. The potential, the transformation, the change from an old life to a brand new life. Psalms chapter 1 says this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your destiny contains greatness. Brings forth fruit in its season. Many times in the Christian life, we seem to think somehow that we can't have seasons. But to everything, there's a season. There will be seasons of tilling. There will be seasons of planting. There will be seasons, seasons, you know, of fruitfulness. 
But here's what he says, whose leaf shall also not wither. There will always be signs of life. Always signs of life. I'm not a horticulturist by, yeah, give me a plant, it's dead. <laughs> but the horticulturist can recognize, you know, those stages and, you know, and look at it and see the deficiency that's there. Just exactly what needs to be done. And through that process and through that attention, able to bring forth that life again. And that's the great gardener. The great gardener of our soul, the great gardener of our life. Knows exactly what needs to be done. And he's committed to it. What is important in developing the development is that you don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small things. Yeah. Beautiful gardens don't just happen. I'll ask my musicians to come this morning. They must be planned. They must be planted. It's whatever you want to see in your life, you've got to put the seed in it. And sometimes you have to fight to grow your garden. Today we hear a lot about if my life was different, if this was different, if that was different. That's not the problem. The problem is you need to discover who God has made you. You need to unearth the ability and the deposits that the Creator put in you. Billy Graham, bless his heart, 99 years old, touched and influenced the world. But you don't have to be a Billy Graham. You don't have to be mega to be major. Now, says that God planted a garden and he put man in there to keep it. God has planted a garden for you. He's placed you. You're the keeper of it. 
Sometimes there's invasions in our gardens. We have to fight off those things that try to destroy our fruit. No matter what you think of some of the greats that we would call greats, but I just go back to the story of Jimmy Schweigert. And, and before he finally committed his life to the Lord and, and you know, his ministry became world-renowned, and, you know, and we know the follow-up story, but he tells the story how that every night when he was out having fun with his cousin, the great, you know, mover and shaker. And he would come home whatever hour it was, whatever time it may have been. And, of course, you know how young people are. They like to stay out late and sleep late. (laughs) And he heard his mom in the bedroom crying out and praying to God for Jimmy Schweigert. Didn't know Jimmy Schweigert was going to be who he was, but yet his life and his soul and what direction. He saw that there was things that were trying to steal his future to cause the seed to lay dormant in him. But they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. They that go forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. Somebody give the Lord a praise today that God is God. (laughs) Hallelujah. It is true we have a major role. But Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. I've seen it lay dormant for years. And I've seen just the touch. Touch here and touch there. I've seen the effects of neither do I condemn you. How you doing? You just came in. You had a wild night. How you doing? Neither do I condemn you. The seeds has been placed in the plants of the garden begin to sprout. Now remember, you hear people say what mom said. I remember what dad said. I remember what the preacher said. I remember what my aunt said. I want to close this morning. I hope it's not negative, but I think it's a reality, and that is... We want to detox our soul.
detox our soul so that the resources that God has placed there don't end up wasted. You can never be greater than your attitude. And I know if you would go to a motivational seminar, they would say the same thing. But they weren't the first ones that wrote it. God was. God wrote it. They've picked up and applied many of the life-giving principles. Attitudes. Don't focus on the problem or the missing parts. Good seeds must be attended to. Weeds don't have to be attended to. They grow all on their own. You have to attend to good seeds. Detox your soul of behaviors. What's getting your attention? Culture influences very strong. Got to identify the lies and you got to replace with truth. As you detox your soul, you got to be able to express anger productively, not destructively. Be angry and don't sin. Because seeds of emotion shape your attitude. Focus on what really matters. We already talked about prayer and spending time with Jesus. Stand with me this morning. I'll close with this one. Realize you don't have to accomplish all your goals in one year. You're going to spend the rest of your life serving Jesus. I said that was my last one, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the one that we must get together, of course, is our tongue. He that has control over his speech has control over his whole body. The whole body. Speech. Amen. What seeds are in the ground? What seeds do you need to put in into your garden. Father, this morning your word says that we're workers together with you.
and we're the lesser partner. You're the greater partner. We have responsibility, but you are the one that gives the life and the increase. We thank you this morning for the seed's potential. We bless you, Father, and thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the seed of greatness in us. And for the Holy Spirit, who under his care and in his hand, the law becomes life and not death. Amen. Would you sing a song and we will go and nurture the seeds of greatness that are in you, your potential. Glory to God. As you go with God today, you know, your focus, your attitude, you know, the seeds that you've sown, the seeds that you still need to sow, the nurturing that you need to give it, you know, all contribute to the success of God's, you know, deposit in your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Go with God. He's going to go with you. Have a great week.